Will you join me in prayer? We do believe in you, our Father. We believe in you, Jesus, our Saviour. And we believe in you, Holy Spirit, the one who has come into our lives to change us, to make us like Jesus, to bring us into relationship with the Father. We thank you so much, Lord, for who you are. You are great, you are good, you are holy. And we come now in prayer to you. We give you thanks for all you have done. We give you thanks for the the good things, even in the midst of hard times. We want to trust in you for everything that we need, all the food, all the things, all the people. We trust you will provide for us. We pray especially for those who are suffering with health issues at the moment in their body, in their minds. We bring them before you now. It might be ourselves. It might be people we know and love. We bring them before you now. We ask for your healing to come into their lives, that you would heal their minds, you would heal their bodies. And we also ask, Lord, for relationships that have been fractured, that you would bring healing and reconciliation. We all know those relationships in our own lives and in the lives of those close to us. We just bring them before you and say, look, we can't fix this. Only you can fix this. Please bring healing and reconciliation to our relationships. In Jesus' name. And Father, even though we are fewer in number this morning here, we know we are connected to the body of Christ that belongs to this place and we bring all of the, all of our um, our family members, family of God members that we know and love and we pray a blessing upon each who are not with us today for whatever reason. We especially pray a blessing upon Mike as he comes to bring your word to us this morning. We ask that he would speak your word clearly and that we would have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us as a church and as individuals. We thank you for your word. We thank you you are not a silent, far-off God, but you are close to us. You are speaking to us. Life-changing, life-giving word. We thank you for that and we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. Please take a seat. Morning. Well, there's a lot of you here. This is wonderful. God bless you. How lovely to see you. And to those online, good morning. And for those paddling about in the mud out there, have fun. We look forward to seeing you next uh, next Sunday. And I had to race home and get my glasses. Print's very small here, and uh, here we go. So what's in your hands is the title this morning. And... Uh, it's uh, very interesting that last week uh, Sam spoke about uh, how before the last monthly prayer meeting he had a picture in his mind of Jesus standing there with open hands <clears throat> and he was asking what it meant and how, uh, and how that, uh, then a theme had developed throughout that prayer night with others uh, contributing to understanding of this picture. And I'm a bit slow but it's becoming clear that the Lord is actually talking to us about hands. 
He's, uh, this is a season when we're talking about hands. You may remember Sam a couple of weeks ago uh, covering himself with bits of paper. Sam is our pastor, if, you, if you're new here, sorry. And he covered himself with all sorts of bits of paper and was writing on it of things that clutter up our lives. In the end, he was offered a gift, but he actually couldn't, uh, he couldn't take the gift because his hands were full of all this clutter. And so he had to put it aside so he could receive this, this gift. And then um, uh, last week, uh, Sam continued the theme about uh, Jesus with open hands offering himself to us. In fact, he's given everything we need. And we took communion around that thought that there's nothing more that the Lord can give to us. He's given everything. So when he asked me to speak uh, on one of these Sundays while he was away, I was delighted because I woke up in the middle of that, that same night that he asked me with this title, What's in Your Hands? And it's always good because one of the hardest things in preaching, and I see David there, it's, always a, it's a big book. There's a lot of stuff in here. And uh, it's always hard to try and discern what God is saying. So when you've got a theme and you sense the Holy Spirit is leading you, gosh, it makes it so much easier. So, um, so what is God wanting to say to us, his church, this morning? So what's in your hands? So as we develop these thoughts today and with what Sam has shared with, with previously with us, let us remember that our hands need to be empty to receive all that he has for us. There's nothing more that he can give to us. He's already given us all. And now we can need, need to consider what is in our hands and what are we to do with it. So let's pray. Loving Father, Lord, we thank you. We've come and been able to worship you this morning, to honour your name, to honour you as the God who is the three in one. Lord, we stand in awe of you as our great and loving Father. We thank you, Lord, that you invite us to join you in this amazing world. And Lord, uh, you have jobs for us to do and things to do. And So Lord, help us to hear. Help us to discern what you're saying to us as a group of people, your followers. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Sam reminded us uh, just what we've got. Um, in um, it's, There's a Berean Bible. Who knows? Who can remember who the Bereans were? Who were the Bereans? Anybody remember who the Bereans were? Shout out, it's not rhetorical. They lived in Berea. Ah, well done. There's one man who's had his coffee this morning. Bereans. They were people that checked what they checked the scriptures, didn't they? When Paul came and preached to them, the Bereans. So just a moment. Yep, that's right. So accordingly, his divine so the in the Berean version it says, 2 Peter 1 3. Accordingly, his divine power has given us how many things? All things towards life and godliness through the knowledge of the one having called us by his own glory and excellence. Uh, another slide, Dave, if we may. Oh, there's a picture down here. Look at that lovely picture. And I like it, the fact is, remember Sam told us last week that Jesus possibly isn't a blonde, long-haired, uh, beautiful-looking man. In fact, the scriptures indicate that we could pass him in the street and possibly not recognise him apart from just the person that he was so that's lovely isn't it we don't actually see the face but here's so take that as Jesus expressing his hands to us so who is it that gives us the gifts and what sort of power and authority goes with that 
Matthew 28 says, uh, 18, uh, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And Colossians says that in him, in, in Jesus, you, you, that's you, that's me, you, you have been made complete and he is the head over all authority. Sam again reminds us the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same powerful spirit that lives where? In us. In us. That's stunning, isn't it? I mean, really, can... Okay, another slide. Thank you. So how then do we activate or employ what is already in our hands? How do we become its channel of grace and blessing? Interesting, the power is in the hands. You know, you, you remember Paul writes to Timothy, uh, you hold the thing, I, when I laid my hands on you, when we lay hands on the sick, when uh, Jesus, and, and we love to as grandparents, parents, bless our children. We put our hands on them, don't we? Hands is a very symbolic thing, isn't it? There's, there's great comfort, there's great power, there's great authority. A policeman holds up his hand. It's not just the man, is it, or the woman? It's the authority that goes with holding up the hand. But all these things, all this power and blessing, is all operated by faith. Faith. So in Hughes, and the man that writes every day with Jesus, his daily devotion, and he says in his experience over many, many years as a pastor and a counsellor, there are three main aspects of faith. There are others, but there are three main ones. Dave, if we could uh, just uh, pick those up as we go. So the first one is we need to hear. That's, so we read the truth. We either hear it or we read it. Reading the scriptures is so important. How many of you experience this? As you're reading, reading the scriptures, something jumps off the page. Um, it seems like there's a flashing light. Or we hear in a, like, in a meeting like this, somebody stands up and tells us about Jesus. We heard that lovely story um, this morning. I thought that was great. I still think there's tomatoes in there. I, I, I'm, uh, uh, but it was just it's brilliant, isn't it? But we hear something that triggers something in our mind. And then the second thing is we have to believe that. So was it tomatoes? No, of course it wasn't. It was lentils. So we have to believe that what has been written and what has been said is actually the truth. And then thirdly, this is the difficult bit, we have to practice it. Faith comes through hearing and in these three ways by convincing the heart of the truth. So firstly, God presents his case, which is the truth. We listen attentively, those that do, those that haven't fallen asleep yet, and we take it to heart. And thirdly, we make a choice. We make a choice to believe God's evidence making the decision to trust him. And there's that lovely word again, trust. And Richard prayed some weeks ago, beautiful prayer on trust. Trust, trust is just believing, isn't it? Actually putting a whole being into trusting. So Romans 10 says that uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's, it's all the stories that uh, are told wonderfully in our children's work and, and it's Sunday by Sunday as we read the scriptures God is speaking to us if we're listening through, the, through his stories. There's a lovely saying, uh, I attribute this to a, a, a lady pastor up at Stirling CRC uh, called Julianne Menzies, and it's a good saying. And she says, what does God say about it and does this matter to you? 
It's a good saying, isn't it? What does God say about this? So what's in the book? What is God saying to us? And does that matter to you? That's a challenge, isn't it? It's a great statement. You use it a lot with the young people. It's very, very effective. Okay, so let's just start illustrating this so it doesn't become just commentary and information. There's a lot of our preaching these days. We just turn out a lot of information and we read a few commentaries and we serve it up. And, but there's more than that, isn't it? Let's look at a Bible story about what is in your hand. And these stories, as you know, are recorded to encourage and build our faith. So may we read together. Thanks, Dave. The story in Second Kings of the widow with the cruise of oil. So the wife of a man from the company of the prophets, cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. That was the, the thing in the, in the times there. If you couldn't pay your bills, they would come and take some of your family and became a, a slave until the money was paid off. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? In other words, what, what have you got? What's in your hand? And your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars and don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and you and your sons pour oil into all the jars as each is filled, put it to one side. So she left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring when all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's, no, there's none left. And then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. And you and your son can live on what's left. That's a lot of oil. That's a lot of oil. What a woman of faith. She didn't just go around and, oh, well, I'll just get a few jars. She filled a jolly house full of jars. I mean, you think about that, to sell enough to pay off the debt and enough to live on. Think about that. How many jars is that? Dozens and dozens and dozens. Doesn't it? What faith that she heard what the man said. She believed that he could do something. He was speaking faith. He was speaking on God's behalf. And so she went and obeyed. What a wonderful thing. Now, other, the children are in this today. Can you think of other stories of, uh, uh, you're all big children, uh, of uh, something somewhere else in the story in the, in the scriptures about what's in your hand? Can anybody think of anything? Moses and, Moses and his staff. What happened with Moses and his staff? Can we ask the children? Does anybody know anything about Moses and his staff? No, they're all busy cramming. <laughs> Kathy, explain what happened, please. Yep. Yep. And then came a staff again, and and so it went on. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Another story about what's in your hand involved a lot of people. Well done, whoever that was. Thank you. Oh, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Loaves and fishes. What Jesus said to them is, all these people, we've got to feed them. And the disciples go, oh, yeah, we've got enough money here. This goes a lot of people. Uh, uh, and he said, well, what have we got? And they came with the, you know, the story, three loaves and fish. What was in their hand? So Jesus took what was there and multiplied it. So what's in your hands? Here's a lovely statement. It is likely that what is in your heart 
what is in your heart is also likely in your hands. Think about that. Does that ring true? What's in your heart is likely to be in your hands. The sort of things that you love and the things that you do is likely to be in your hands. Have we got that uh, picture there, Dave? Sorry. And, and yeah, so it's likely what's in your heart is also in your hands. So let's bring this up to date. Nine-tenths of God's will for our lives is already written down. It's in the book. You don't have to be geniuses to work out what God wants us to do. It's all nine-tenths nine of Christian living. It's all in here. Occasionally, God speaks to us. To some people, he speaks to us a lot. And those that listen to he speaks an awful lot to. <laughs> for most of us, we're pretty deaf. It's funny, when he put my mask on, I was saying to our friend that came this morning, when I put my mask on, I go deaf. And when I take my mask off, I'm deaf. Um, and if you don't understand that, I'll, I'll yeah. Um, but <laughs> why did I throw that in? Sorry. Um, but <laughs> it's so much of it, it's just, it's already written down. We don't actually have to do too much other than read the book. And the Lord will quite clearly show us how to, how to live the Christian life. But he does want us to be his hands and a source of blessing. So we have the guidance through the book of how to, how to live, but from time to time he talks to us and he says, I want you to be my hands and feet. So he, he involves us in this amazing process of bringing the world back to himself. Opportunities will present themselves on a regular basis. We just need to be a little more aware of these God moments. We need to pray for discernment and wisdom when, when these opportunities arise and and what do you, so what do you want me to do, Lord? Uh, Carol's, Sullivan's in, 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 encourage us with prayer evangelism. Often it's just, just listening and seeing what God's doing and just, just following the prompts. I remember, um, just recently going to see the, the podiatrist, a lovely young lady that, that works down here in integrative health, one of our neighbors down here and sitting there talking to her the first time I met her. And the next thing I'm talking to, her, um, about the Lord, it just just came up, and uh, I suddenly realised she was listening. And it's funny, you know, because some you, you know you're trying to score some points, or I don't know what you're doing. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm telling. No, that sounds silly. Sorry, but you're, you're I'm speaking of Jesus, who's in my heart, and and, and my love for Him, and uh, uh, and I realised she's really listening. And I suddenly caught on that this was a God moment. Suddenly, like my eyes sprung open. And since then, Bev's been over quite regularly and we started to build a friendship with this lovely person. And it's just, you know, it happens to you. I'm telling you stuff you already know. So when, it, when attempting to do what we sense God's will is, we start in the natural and let it develop into the spiritual. Again, you know, we sometimes think we've got to have a booming voice. It's got to be something outstanding. But quite often it's just a conversation. And then as, as that takes place, you know, Barry Chant, um, I can tell him, no, he's not here, but <laughs> he says, he will, as, as you know, if you are here the other week, he, he will sense God is speaking to somebody in the congregation and he will point them out and say, uh, uh, come out, I've got a word for you. And in fact, quite honestly, he says, I don't, I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue what I'm going to say. And it isn't until they're actually standing in front of him that God tells him what to say. Now that's faith. He, he's aware of the fact that God has highlighted a person to him and he's, he's aware that, that the Lord wants him to say something. 
But that's the faith bit comes in. He, he, he waits till it's right in front of him. Now, that might have happened to you. Barry's been around a long time, so God can trust him. And most of us, we need to hear an awful lot. A bit more, Lord, please. A bit more, please. Sorry. And, and again, could you repeat that, please? Uh, if I put this pillow down here and you make it wet, is that all right? No. And, uh, you know, could you repeat that, Lord? Did I get this right? Um, yeah. But it's faith, isn't it? We have to sort of step out. The power or the ability to make these things happen then doesn't come from us, but from the Holy Spirit. That's what faith's all about, isn't it? And it's spelt R-I-S-K. We have to take a bit of a risk sometimes. The scriptures are full of encouragement. Be strong and courageous, the Lord says to Joshua. Uh, Do not be afraid, but be strong and courageous. Who has asked you to do this? Is he or is he not able to do it? That's the question, isn't it? When, the, when we take the risk, not, not being silly, but just sometimes taking the you've risk. You've done that. All I'm trying to do is encourage what you're already doing. How much courage, how much is courage part of faith? How much is courage part of faith? Another saying you've heard before, have the courage of your convictions. And when we have that conviction that Jesus is real. The courage comes with that, doesn't it, by the Holy Spirit. So what's in your hand? It's not always a big task, and often learning obedience starts with just small steps. The prophet Zechariah says, do not suppose... He didn't say that. He said, do not despise these small beginnings, the day of small beginnings. Don't despise it. Start. Many of you are already doing this. I'm, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but somebody needs to hear this this morning about taking those steps. I'd like June, June Sutton. Would you, would you be kind enough to come up and join me? Bev and I and many of you have known June and Dennis, uh, who are perhaps more often behind the scenes people, but make a huge impact. Sorry, I thought, I thought you were going to step up that big step. Um, impact on the life of this church and the family and outside. June represents a very, a very large number of people who are not necessarily in any prominent position or in the public eye, but quietly get on with what's in their hands without fuss or bother and make the world a better place. So I'm going to ask June just a few questions, if I may. Would you you hold that, and I'll shout the question. So I'd better ask, take that off, do, you, you take your, your hair back with that. Don't That's you? right. <laughs> so uh, June's also representing Dennis. They're a couple. They, they come as, a, a, as an item. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So tell us about your children, a little bit of background, what did you do? Um, <clears throat> well... We married nearly 48 years ago and we've had three children, um, a son that worships here with us, a daughter um, close by and a son in Renmark. Um, eight grandchildren in all at the moment. And um, yes, and I've been a nurse. A nurse from very young age. Yes, um, 18 I guess. 17, 18, and right through my career until about 2012. Um, yeah. That's brilliant. That's not very long then, if you're 18 to 2012. So <laughs> yeah. I'll put my hearing aid on again. 
What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing? What gives you a buzz? What do you like in it? I like catching up with people and having cuppa and having a, a chat and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell us about... No, let me just comment on that, if I may. Uh, just recently, uh, uh, Bev organised a... Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I need to say sorry. Uh, Bev organised a, a, a morning tea for the Cancer Council. And uh, June came along, a number of people very kindly from the church supported it. But a number of our neighbours from the village, we just live opposite here, and a number of the neighbours uh, came over to, to this uh, uh, morning tea. And June made the, cur- the, the choice, the gutsy choice, not to sit with her church friends and the people that she knew, but to sit with some of the neighbours. And they spoke to us, or spoke to Bev afterwards. Who was that lovely lady that came and sat with us? You know... And she just engaged them in conversation. Wasn't it was just June being June, having a key cup of tea. Tell us about Rose, if you would, from PNG. Just a little bit about that. Yeah, um, Rosie was living with um, Kevin and Brenda Hughes, who were often going off on mission trips and things like that. And uh, she needed a <clears throat> needed accommodation, um, so we offered um, to have Rosie come and live with us. And um, we were going to do that, I think, for six months. It ended up being 18 months she was with us. Um, but we loved having her and she was like a daughter to us. Um, so that was really lovely. Yeah. And she was a real blessing to our family in a time of crisis. And um, I think we were able to be a blessing to her through the time she was there too. Mm. Certainly. Well, it was lovely. Um, let me ask you about uh, the Port Hughes camp. Most, many of you have been around for a while. This time every year we used to go and play cards. No, um, we, <laughs> we'd go up to Port Hughes. Terry's there and a number of us uh, were great. We loved going to Port Hughes campsite. The whole church, most of the church would, would, would go up there. And uh, June very kindly became the administrator. So just tell us a little bit how that happened. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, the first year we were here at the church, um, probably been here six months, we went to the first camp and I um, saw David Fontaine doing all the registrations and taking all the money and coordinating all the food and I saw that he was just running around like a jock with his head cut off sort of. And I said, David, do you need some help? And he said, oh, no, I'm coping okay. But eventually he sort of... Um, the next year he said, um, yeah, you can help me a bit if you like. So I helped him a bit with the, the money registrations and things like that. And then the third year he came to me before camp and said, would you like to take over? <laughs> well, that was a bit of a challenge but and I couldn't have done it without Den. But eventually we said yes and uh, I said, yeah, I had to have that structure already set out Um because I couldn't have done it on without that structure, but the Lord had put David there to put the structure in place so that I could follow on and and um, keep the uh, quality of camp going. And um, we purchased the food and sorted the food out for meals and and did all the money registration and everything. Yeah, amazing job. And one of the people that came to that camp, or one of the camps, was a lady called Lisa. And can you just tell us how you just got in contact with her again? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, well, Lisa's been on my heart for a while, um, probably 
the last two years in particular because I saw a little car down in the Outlook Drive and I thought, that looks like Lisa's car. Um, and I've been often thinking about her and wasn't game enough to get up the gumption to go in and knock on the door and see if it was Lisa. But um, the car moved, the, the family moved, and I thought, well, I won't catch up with Lisa again. Then my granddaughter helped me break my phone by <laughs> knocking it on the floor, and um, I had to replace numbers in a, in a new phone, and I couldn't get them transferred over from my old phone to start with, so I went back through all of my old paperwork, and I found our old church news. Um, directory, thank you. And um, in there I found Lisa's number and I thought, wonder if that's still her number. So I sent her a text saying, is this Lisa Talbot? Are you still <laughs> um, around? And um, explained what had happened to my phone and she responded. So next thing we know, we're having a cuppa and we spent two hours together having a cuppa and really reconnecting, which was great. Thank you so much. June, thank you. June, as I say, and Dennis represent a great number of people in this congregation who are just quietly getting on, serving the Lord. Thank you, June. Just please give her a hand. Mind the step as you go down. Yep. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, June. And the story goes on because, interestingly, we, uh, Bev and I were up in Wallaroo and uh, Lisa said was one of the people at a camp. And uh, we can't remember what happened. She either got something in her eye or something happened. Anyway, we had to take her to hospital. We went to Wallaroo Hospital. And we're driving past and we thought, oh, remember Lisa? We remember bringing her here to this hospital. And this is quite independent of, of June. And Bev says, I think I've still got my number in the phone. <laughs> so she rings her the same week. Monday, she has coffee with June. Tuesday, she came to home group. And uh, she was part of, uh, of uh, the Alpha course with us, uh, had an amazing uh, encounter with the Lord. And uh, we, haven't, we just lost contact, as June said. We just, you know, things happen. And in the same week, do you think God had got her number? Isn't it? So it's just little promptings, just a little simple things. Okay, we're going to finish now. So seemingly fairly ordinary occurrences but their impact can change someone's world. Has anybody heard of uh, Albert McMakin? I'm surprised if you have. Albert McMakin? Yes, Richard knows. Uh, anybody else? One in one in 60. Who was he, Richard? He was the man, I think, who convinced Billy Graham to go off the first meeting. Correct. Yes, he, had a, he was a farmer. They were farmers. And uh, this guy, Albert McMakin, had an, an encounter with the Lord. He got so excited he wanted to take all his friends. And he had a truck. And uh, he used to drive his friends. And he kept appealing to this young man to come with him. And uh, he didn't want to come. And he kept talking. He knew, he, he knew this man needed to get to hear the word of God. And he eventually thought, ah, he likes driving. Would you like to drive the truck? <laughs> and so... <laughs> This man, whose name was Billy Graham, drove the truck to the revival meeting and eventually went in, heard the gospel, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now, we don't know about Albert McMatin, but Billy Graham does, and more importantly, God does. Just a little thing, a little prompting, 
to take your friend to hear the word of God. Can we just throw up that um, that last picture, Dave? And uh, Margaret, I'm sorry, I lost the words somewhere. But the words on it say, Take my hand and let us walk through the day together. Take my hand. Let us walk through this day together. Isn't that lovely? That's what Jesus, all he wants us is just to walk with him, to follow him, to be with him, and just do the little things that he encourages us to do. We don't have to run great revival meetings. You and I were just ordinary people serving an extraordinary God. And what a privilege it is. Just finished with this last scripture in Ephesians, and Bev pointed this out this morning. She said, I woke up with this scripture this morning. What is it? And here it is. You know the first bit, Ephesians 2, 8, for it's by grace that you've been saved through, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works, so that any of us can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He says that we are his masterpieces. Isn't that lovely? An encouraging thing, isn't it? Give God such joy, such joy to be involved with him. It's not hard. It's not something we do begrudgingly. He just says, come, walk with me. I trust God will encourage you this morning just to keep following those little prompts, just to do what so much is happening in the background, so many of you just quietly getting on with serving the Lord. Just keep on keeping on. Bless you. Let's just pray together. Oh God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a wonderful shepherd to us. Lord, I thank you that you get great delight, Lord, from your children. Lord, you love it when we walk with you. Lord, it brings you so much joy and pleasure. And Lord, as we serve you, we realise that we bring you great honour and, and power and, and glory, particularly glory. Lord, as we point to you, Lord, as we walk with you and acknowledge that you are our source, you are the great one. And yet, Lord, in your mercy and your grace, you've called us. And Lord, you invite us to walk with you and to be part of what you're doing. Oh, God, we thank you this morning. Lord, encourage your people, those that, uh, Lord, have, have, have heard your promptings but have, have just been hesitant, Lord, unsure. Lord, help them to uh, see through the scriptures and listening to your voice and from others to just to take those steps and see as they put their hand in yours what you can do. Thank you, Lord. We love you this morning and we thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you, team. Can I leave that there or I can't leave that? you'd like to stand we're just going to close the service by singing this song you might like to use it as a time to reflect on what the Lord has given you and how he would like you to use what gifts he's given you let's sing together
Thanks, team. Uh, what a what a great song to finish on. Yeah, one of the, one of the best, I reckon. Uh, Mike, thanks uh, for sharing with us this morning. That really was a message for all of us. Um, it's, it's amazing the way that God actually works through people. A lot of what He does, He does through people, just like you and I. Uh, he does big things through us and small things through us, but they are all significant. Uh, you don't often see it immediately, but God works in the long time frames as well. But the things that we do really can actually have a significant impact on, on others, on our world uh, more generally. So, yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, just trust that you've grabbed a hold of something in what uh, God's spoken to you through, Mike, this morning, and that'll just play out in this week. That's my, my prayer for you. Uh, have a great day, a uh, great long weekend. Um, yeah, pray that you'll know God with you this week. If you've come wanting prayer this morning, uh, there'll be someone available to pray with you in the prayer room. So please, if you want someone to stand with you uh, and just pray through any matter, just um, take up that opportunity uh, before you leave this morning. Yeah, thanks for being a part of this morning. Trust that you've really experienced the Lord in this place. Good on you. Bye for now.